All right, I'm excited to announce my text this morning. Got a little echo, or maybe that's just me. Uh, Mark chapter 1, Mark chapter 1 this morning. We're starting an exciting series that I've been wanting to start for some time because of my trip and because of uh, awesome preaching August. We've had to wait a couple of months, but I'm excited about preaching through every verse, every chapter of the great book of Mark. Mark is a fast action book. It's a book that displays the Lord as a servant, a servant king. In Revelation, he's the lamb king, but in uh, Mark, he's the servant king. And I want to say this, I'm going to subtitle this whole series. I hope you got that this morning, Brother Cody was asking me if I had a title for the whole series, and I said, well, I think I do. And I want to, I want to subtitle it, The King, He's Worthy to Follow, and He's Worthy to Serve. I'm going to say that again. He's the king and he's worthy to follow, and he's worthy to serve. It's amazing how much energy we spend on a lot of things. Amen? Sports, work, um, play, whatever. Amen? Uh, shopping. Boy, you can put a lot of energy into that, can't you? Praise God. That's one thing I don't like to do since my feet went bad. And they hurt more in Walmart than they do any other place in the world. Amen? So I tell my wife that when we start shopping, oh, I'm about to die, you know, praise God. Uh, let, let me find a chair somewhere, amen, and you know, I'd really become real old in the shopping center, praise the Lord. But if something else is going on, like fishing or, <laughs> or golf, my feet have a revival, but I don't understand that. But anyway, <laughs> praise God, amen. Miss, uh, I appreciate all the welcome back. Some of you look like I'm, you're happy I'm back. Some of you wish probably I didn't come back, but... Uh, I appreciate what Miss Joanne said. She said, you got to hang around here long enough to preach my funeral. And I slipped up in gratitude, and I said, well, if I, if I die first, you can preach mine. And she wrote that down. Amen. So, uh, so uh, I, pray, I pray that I don't go. Uh, well, I, you know, I hope we just go in the rapture. Amen, sister. Praise God. But thank you, thank, you, thank you for missing me. But I was only kidding about that preaching my funeral. Amen. We'll let Jason do that, Brother Tony. Brother Tony Howard has uh, Luba Balo. I've been pronouncing and practicing that name for 30 minutes, Lulabalo this morning, and Brother Seth's going to drive him up tonight because he can't drive in America. I don't think he can drive in Africa, amen? But uh, he is a tremendous man of God. I want to tell you something. His mother sold him as a slave when he was a kid, and he became a shepherd. So I'm going to tell you something. When Kevin won him to the Lord, uh, he, just, he just changed shepherding. He became a shepherd of the Lord. Now he's the lead pastor down there at Matabo Bay or Debo Bay. Oh, these names, amen. Anyway, uh, he's going to be a blessing to you. I'm not sure I'm going to let him preach. I told him I've been gone too long to not preach every service, but we might share it, and I'll let him preach some. But I know he's going to testify. I know he's going to sing, and he'll probably preach some too, and he'll be a real blesser. Don't miss tonight, okay? Your mission money is going to be in picture of a person tonight. You're going to see the fruit of missions. Brother Kevin Hall gave up a $100,000 scholarship. He didn't go from Northwest to VMI. He went to Northwest to, to Crown College. He became a preacher and a missionary. And this is probably the first man that he led the Lord and discipled. And you'll see the fruit of it. And I'm just amazed he came all the way from America. I just hope he'll want to go back. You know, once, sometimes when people come from a third world country and they see all that we got and all our all our luxuries and everything, they don't want to go back. So praise God. You know, I'm going to take them to Krispy Kreme Donut after church tonight. That's what Amy told me to do, so I'm going to take them to Krispy Kreme. Then before that, I'll take them to the pizza place, and we're going to spoil him real good, but I just hope he don't get too attached to this America. He'll go back to where he belongs, and that's South Africa. It's going to be exciting. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. But speaking of the book of Mark, the, the Lord is portrayed as a servant. And I take this from uh, John Phillips a tremendous writer, and we, we're glad to have our servants, the Georges, here this morning uh, in the prison ministry, dropped in. I love to see missionaries drop in, not drop out. You pray for him, get to know him after the service. I, I know you want to get to know Brother Larry Stiles, Brother George, and we appreciate you being in the service. But one of the world's great missionary societies has as, as, logo, as its logo a picture of an ox. Now listen, on one side an ox is, in a, is a plow, and then on the other side is an altar. And there couldn't have been a better song, Miss Sarah, than the hands of Jesus. 
And underneath the picture there are the words of this, ready for either. Ready for either. And so I want to tell you something. One thing that I admire about our Lord, He didn't come and sit in some temple for three years. He didn't come sit in some synagogue for three years. He was out among the people serving and healing and touching and loving and He was the servant of all servants. And I want to say this, friend. If you know Him like you ought to know Him, you love Him. And if you love Him, you'll obey Him. And if you obey Him, you'll want to serve Him and give your life's energy to God because it's not your life, it's His life. You're just a good steward of it, say amen. And folks, it's a privilege to be on that bus this morning, Brother Chris. It's a privilege to teach Sunday school. It's a privilege to usher. It's a privilege to go unstop the commode if it stops up. It's a privilege to pick up a piece of paper in the house of God. It ought to be a privilege to serve God any way you can. And most of all, it's a privilege to introduce to a lost and dying world that Jesus saves. And folks, I want you to know Mark starts out uh, beginning a brand new series today, and I'm excited about it, but Mark starts his book out different than Matthew, different than John. There's no genealogy. He gets right down to the baptism of Jesus. And he gets right down to who introduced him. There's three water baptisms in the Bible. I'll give you those in just a minute. And I want to tell you something, friend. Uh, if you ever think that baptism saves you, you've got another thought coming. It's the blood of Jesus that saves you. Amen? I don't know where people get off on that tangent. But I want you to know, friend, baptism is important. It's mentioned three times in these first 13 verses. But I want to tell you what's most important. Repentance. Repentance. And that's where we come to this morning is here's a man of God named John the Baptist. Greatest man born of woman, Jesus said, than any man ever. And he never performed a miracle, the Bible said. So don't you get all excited about miracle workers. You need to get excited about messengers. And you need to get excited about being a messenger and serving God because he's king, he's Lord, he's your Savior, he's Jesus Christ. Say amen. You can't get excited about that. You need to join some dead church where you can just sit there and look mournful. Amen. We're excited about it. Praise God. We're enthused about serving the living God. And folks, I want you to know I was up in Alaska and visited a church and they have so much service going on it's unbelievable and they're aggressive about it. I, me and Connie's just mind our own business heading to the auditorium Bible class figure that's a good place for us to sleep. I mean, us to, to listen. And... Um, uh, this guy grabs says, you come to my class. I said, I am. I said, I'm the guest preacher here. He said, that's good. You need to, get, you need to go to this class even more. I said, okay, praise God. Where's that? It was up about five flights of store, steps. And we went in there, and he put me in the RU class. You know what that is? That's Reformers Unanimous. Or Unanimous. That's for the drug addicts, praise God. That's for the ex-drunks, praise the Lord. That's for those that's been saved by the grace of God from the addictions, amen. I was sitting right in the middle of it. He started out singing scripture, praise God, preached a tremendous, taught a tremendous lesson. And I thought, I started finding out about that ministry. Every Friday night, that church goes to the ladies' jail, Brother uh, Larry and Brother George. They go to the men's jail, and then they also go... Uh, to a Bible study and serve them, serve them lunch, three, every, three avenues to teach them that only Jesus can overcome their habits. By the flesh, you can't overcome the flesh. You're, you're fooling yourself. It's by the Spirit and by the words, amen? This higher power, alcoholic, anonymous junk, it's foolish because they don't name the higher power. The higher power is the Lord Jesus Christ. And the higher power is the Word of God. Say amen. That's why we don't preach reformation in the jail. We preach regeneration. Amen. And I want to tell you something, friend. I thought to myself, how, many, how do you get workers on Friday night? Friday night. They have football up there too, praise God, and hockey and everything else. And they have three sessions, ladies' prison, men's prison, and uh, uh, at the church, supper and teaching those drug addicts or ex-drug addicts saved by the grace of God, and some probably are not saved yet, how to overcome. And he looked at me and he said, Preacher, it's the one ministry we have no problem getting laborers. And I want to tell you something, friend. There's one ministry that we should have no problem getting laborers is every ministry in this church. Say amen. Now, if you had to sing in the choir this morning, God help you, but it sure was beautiful. If you have to play in the orchestra, God help you. I want to tell you something, friend. It sure is beautiful. 
You have to play the piano, have to uh, uh, play the organ. Something's wrong, but I want to tell you something we ought to want to. There ought to be a holy want to to serve God. That's what I want to introduce this morning. I can introduce forever, but I want you to know the gospel is packed with action. You'll find the words immediately, straightway, forthwith. It begins with the baptism of Jesus. Amen. That's unique. We don't copy that baptism. Jesus was not a sinner. He was picturing what he was going to do for sinners. Amen. But in the olden days when a king or an eastern monarch would, uh, would be, get ready to go somewhere, you know what they did? They remade the highway. They would take the high road and level it. They'd take the ditches and the, and the uh, uh, crevices in the road and fill it. And they'd straighten out the crooked places and this eastern monarch would have a smooth journey. And so here's John. Listen to me now. Some of you already went to sleep on me. Here's John the Baptist, and he starts preaching and telling us, we're making a highway. We're making a highway for the one that counts. I'm not worthy to, to buckle his shoes. And I, we're making a highway for Jesus. He's coming. The first time he's coming, and praise God, we ought to get excited because I believe he's coming again. I believe he's coming soon. Every prophecy has been fulfilled. We ought to get excited about making a straight path for Jesus. And I want you to know that straight path is repentance. Let's read it. Stand in honor of the God. In the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I got, I got myself interested in this. In the, this is, in the beginning of the, uh, of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. I like the way Mark starts that book. The Son of God, as is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare the way before him. Listen to this. And the voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Remember that custom. John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. And there went unto him all the land of Judah, and they, uh, and they of the Jerusalem, and were all baptized of him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. That made that baptism different. Listen to this now. And John was clothed with camel's hair, and with a girdle of skin about his loins. And he did eat locusts and wild honey. And he preached. And he preached. Let me, let me underline that word. Preached saying, There cometh one mightier than I after me, the latchet of whose shoes I'm not worthy to stoop down and unloose. I indeed have baptized with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth to Galilee and was baptized of John in Jordan. And straightway coming out of the water, he saw the heavens open and the Spirit like a dove descending upon him. And there came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And immediately the Spirit driveth him into the wilderness. And he was there in the wilderness forty days, tempted of Satan, and was with the wild beasts, and the angels ministered unto him. Now after Jesus was put in prison, or excuse me, now after John was put in prison, verse 14 now, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for the exciting time we've had in the song service. I was so touched by the choir and the song and the way they sung it. And Lord, I know that you took my place and I'm indebted to you. And God, I want to stand for you, not just stand on a picket line, but God, to stand in separated living. And Lord, stand in the public places of testimony. And stand with a holy priority that you're more important than anything in my life or anyone. God, help us to stand because you first stood for us. Now, Lord, help us in, this, in these short 16 chapters of Mark to see how wonderful it is to be your servant and to give our lives for the furtherance of the gospel. Lord, please help us now. Prepare the coming of the Lord. Lord, thank you that John the Baptist preached repentance. Jesus preached repentance. And the evidence by baptism. And 
Lord, I thank you, dear God, for salvation that leads to repentance, the fruit of repentance. So, Lord, help us to be mindful of the greatest servant that ever walked this earth, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And we'll thank you for making us better servants, more willing servants, more loving servants, for your glory. Amen. And so we see in Mark, he he depicts Jesus as a servant. He humbled himself. There's a background verses for the book of Mark, it's probably Philippians 2, where he, he gave up the splendor and glory of heaven and became a servant, was obedient, even obedient to death. And said, that's what kind of mind you ought to have. That's what kind of attitude we ought to have. Is that God saved us not to sit soaked and sour. Say amen. You ever been in a church where everybody sits soaked and soured? I love the message our assistant pastor preached on unity last Sunday. Matter of fact, I had some people that don't come often comment on how great a message that was. I said, was you there? He said, yeah, I was there. I said, good. Amen. Because a lot of people listen just by way of internet. I think you ought to come here and show your face. Amen. And I think you ought to uh, uh, encourage others by listening and saying amen and responding. And I believe the greatest way we can depict Jesus Christ in this earth is to be a good godly servant. I mean, be a humble enough to give our lives up and our agenda up and the things up and our money up and serve the living God. Not just in missions, but I mean in everyday ministry, serving the Lord and crying out the greatest message that anybody could ever hear and should hear, and that's the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So I want to see in verse 1 through 11 this morning, I might get to 14 and 15. I want you to see the ministry of John the Baptist. I want you to see the herald of, of Christ. A herald was one that would come and represent a king, and he'd be on a corner, buddy. And I'm going to tell you something. If you didn't listen to this herald, you was in trouble because he would, he, was cre- he would cry out the announcements. He would send forth a message from the king, and everybody in the province would stop where they're at, and they would notice this great uh, messenger, this herald. Uh, and uh, I want you to see, first of all, G- John the Baptist was a person uh, that represented the Lord Jesus Christ in his baptism. He, ba- he was known as John the Baptizer. Now, I wish I could say he was the first Baptist, but that's denominationalism. He was the first baptizer. And by the way, he baptized Gentile proselytes Folks teaching repentance while he baptized. A different baptism. Yes, sir. And I want to tell you something. This baptism prepared for the death, burial, and resurrection that would save him. John's baptism didn't save. And Wayne Cofield's baptism doesn't save. And nobody's baptism saves. If I believed the Church of Christ doctrine, I'd, 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 I'd go door to door with a swimming pool in, my back, in, in the my, back of my truck. That'd be odd looking, wouldn't it? Amen. Because I'm going to tell you something, folks. You can be saved and not get baptized, but you cannot get, uh, uh, get saved and not be baptized and be a first-class saint and be a servant of God. You'll always be disobedient. And, folks, this emphasizes in this verse, but, folks, what really emphasizes what they do, did during John's baptism. They started confessing their sins, and they repented. What did they repent of? They repented of rig- religiosity. They repented of the fashion and form of of Judaism. They were actually giving up their whole life when they were baptized by John, saying, hey, listen, I repent, and I look forward to what you're preaching about the Lamb of God. And so it was a baptism of repentance from religion and from from, uh, thinking works could save you and that the form and fashion could save you. So he's preaching. He's, He's communicating about this person. I want you to see, first of all, the person of the herald. The communication about that person is the gospel. He said, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Folks, gospel means good news. Can somebody say amen? No news is better than the news about Jesus Christ. Now, I want to tell you, friend, I came back and I was a little out of touch. And I saw all the junk that's going on in the Supreme Court stuff. And I saw all this stuff. I I got almost depressed. I said, what is our country gone to? I'm going to go back to Alaska and, 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 
and ride behind huskies or something, praise God, you know, and be an Eskimo. And they're not, I didn't see any snow at all while I was there. It was 60 degrees most of the time, shirt sleeve weather. We saw snow up on the mountains, but I was shocked. We took so much luggage we didn't need, it was pathetic. Amen. <laughs> but I want to tell you something, friend. I met some people that wanted to serve God in the midst of 40 degree below zero when it turns 40 below. What's your excuse? Amen. It turns 30 degrees. Everybody starts shivering saying, I ain't going out soul winning. But I want to tell you something, folks. The good news is this. Not that we join a church or get baptized or capsized or simonized to be saved. The good news is Jesus Christ saves. The good news is the death, burial, and resurrection is enough and it's the only way to be saved. The gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection. Mark starts out right. He just says, I want to tell you something. John came preaching the gospel. The gospel. I want you to see the character of that person. Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Folks, I want to tell you something. The Bible says in the first verse we could preach a month on it. But he says he's Jesus Christ. Jesus means Savior. He's the Savior. He's your Savior. And by the way, He saved you by His grace. You didn't deserve it. If you weren't saved, you'd be going to hell. And if you'd been going to hell, you couldn't help anybody go to heaven. So we ought to get excited about where we're going and how we got there. It's through Jesus. Then I see the Messiah, Christ, the Anointed One. Israel's promised Messiah. I feel sorry for the Jews that are still looking for the Messiah to come. He's already come. And by the way, he's coming again. And all the signs of the time in the Middle East tell us that he's coming soon. But, then, uh, soon. but look at this. It says, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And so in that one verse, that one introductory verse, in the beginning, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, tells us that Mark was convinced, John Mark was convinced, he's the Savior, he's the Messiah, and he's God. Amen? He's the expression of deity. But thank God, uh, folks, we must realize that he's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Then I see the prophecy of the herald. Look in verse 2. It says, it's written in the prophets. The writing of the prophecy is written in the prop. John had support of the Word of God when he preached. Amen. He wasn't just baptizing from repentance from Judaism. He was preaching. And what he was preaching is, you need to repent. You need to repent. You need to have a change of mind. That's what that word means in the Greek. And folks, I want to tell you something. It means that you have a change of attitude towards God. He's God. Towards salvation, he's the only way. And towards sin, he's the only way you can turn from it. That's repentance. When you turn to God, you turn from sin. Amen. That's not preached much these days, but I want to tell you something, friend. You're not saved unless you repent. And folks, the word repent and faith are the, uh, are the same. It's like the heads and tails of a coin. When you have faith, you repent. When you repent, you have faith. Amen? We all get caught up on that. And, but I want to tell you something, friend. Repentance is a gift from God. And folks, where it comes from is the preaching of the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. You'll never realize your need to repent until you get under conviction. Amen? i tell you what, I'd love to hear John the Baptist preach. Amen? And he wasn't a fancy preacher. and He didn't preach in synagogues. He went out in the wilderness. But crowds followed him. And he baptized because he knew that that symbol was important to those Jews. So he started baptizing people. But he made them confess their sins and their need for a Savior before they got baptized and after they got baptized. They were standing in the river forever. But when Jesus got baptized, he came out straight forward. He didn't have to confess nothing because he's perfect. Amen. So we see the work of prophecy shall prepare thy way before thee. Luke chapter 1 verse 17 says, Make ready a person prepared to meet the Lord. The Bible says in Amos 4.12, Prepare to meet thy God. Folks, can I just say this? The only way you can prepare to meet God is get saved. Repent. Not get baptized. And then I see the word in the prophecy. Verse 3 says, In a 
voice of one crying in the wilderness. Amen. Folks, I see that word is he cried. It was a message that was important. Folks, listen, sometimes we're, we're so shy about sharing the gospel. We want to be bold witnesses. Not brass, not impolite. I mean, we don't shouldn't go around uh, interrupting people. But folks, I want to tell you something. The, the most divine interception a person can have is when the Lord Jesus Christ comes into their life and intercepts their sinful track towards hell. Amen? So we ought to take the Word of God with enthusiasm. It says He cried in the wilderness. Prepare you the way of the Lord. Make the path straight. And as soon as He preached that, they knew what He was preaching. They said, that's like a king going on a journey. And when he goes on a journey, they level the bumps in the road and they fill in the holes in the road and they make it a smooth ride. And he's saying, I'm going I'm to make this a smooth ride. And folks, we see the wilderness in this prophecy. It was not a fancy auditorium, as I said. It wasn't a temple in Jerusalem. It was in the fields. And it was in the river Jordan because he needed to find much water. Does that tell you about the mode of, of baptism? You do not sprinkle. You immerse. That's what the word means. Because look at verse 4. It says, John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sin. A lot of cults take that out of context. And folks, I want to tell you what he was preaching. The, the mode was he was baptizing, and that means to dip or immerse. Uh, look at Colossians chapter 2, verse 12 real quick. Colossians 2, 12. I'll show you a little something about the importance of baptism. Some of you haven't been baptized. You need to be baptized. First thing you ought to do once you get saved is be baptized. You ought to gladly get baptized. But you shouldn't get baptized until you're sure you're saved. Amen? If you're not saved, baptism is not going to save you. You'll go in a wet center and go, come out a wet center. But look at Colossians. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. I want you to look at chapter 2, verse 12. The Bible says this. It says, Buried with him in baptism, wherewith also you're risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who has raised him from the dead. Now, folks, you're not raised uh, by being baptized. You're raised by faith in the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that we ought to be buried. Now, when's the last time you've seen anybody buried with sprinkling a little dirt on somebody's head? No, that, that, that's not a good picture. Sprinkling is a terrible picture of what Jesus did. He just didn't sprinkle. He was baptized. And folks, he was immersed in, in the death, burial, and resurrection. He was immersed in sin. The Bible can, uh, refers to that a lot, about the baptism he would have to be baptized in. And it wasn't his water baptism. It was the spiritual baptism of being your sin dead, taking your place, taking your hell. And so the meaning of, of this practice of baptism repentance, verse 4, there's three distinct water baptisms in the Scriptures. There's the baptism of the repenter, John's baptism. There's the baptism of the redeemed, which we practice today, believer's baptism. We do not baptize babies. Do you know where the word Baptist came from? Anabaptist. That means we will not baptize babies. And I want to tell you something. Thousands of people gave their lives overseas in the dark ages because the Catholic Church killed them because they would not baptize babies. They said, we're going to baptize believers because you can't picture what has not happened in your life. And babies don't get saved. Babies don't need to be saved. To the age of accountability. He said, what's the age of accountability? When a person realizes he's a sinner, that he's a Savior and rejects him. That can be six, five, four, three. Maybe not that young. But so everybody says, oh, it's 12 because Jesus went to the temple when he's 12. What's that got to do with baptism, uh, salvation? You can get saved a long time before 12. Hallelujah. I saved when I was 11 and a half. Should have got saved earlier. John's baptism was, was the, the main thing about John's baptism. Look at verse 5. And there went out unto him all the land of Judah and all the Jerusalem, and they were all baptized of him in the river of Jordan, confessing their sin. 
confessing their sins. Folks, listen, baptism pictured their repentance from Judaism. By the way, Jews got baptized before John even came on the scene for a cleansing act. And see, old John the Baptist knew that, so he says, I'm going to tell you what baptism is. Baptism is looking forward one day when Jesus comes and he's going to die, he's going to be buried, and he's going to rise from the dead. And then about that time he's pre preaching that and people are confessing their sins, here comes Jesus. The Bible says in John 1.29, he said, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of man. Now Church of Christ, why did he all of a sudden say, Hey, no, it's this baptism that saves you. No, I'm going to tell you what he said. He said, Behold the Lamb. He's the one that takes away the sin. All glory goes to the Savior. Amen. Not some mode, not some ritual, not some religious act. By the way, baptism is a work. So if you think you're, you're saved by baptism, you're, you believe in work salvation. But I want to tell you something, friend. Faith without works is dead being long. If you're saved and you're not baptized, you're disobedient, you're out of the will of God, and you are denying Christ publicly. Pretty important, isn't it? By the way, I'm convinced this. You'll never be in God's will until you get baptized. So I'm Baptist by conviction, old buddy, amen? I ain't going to be one of those one-word church names and take Baptist off the sign. I'm Baptist by conviction. People died. You ought to read the trail of tears and uh, the trail of blood. I'm going to get 50 of those books and hand them out soon. I promise you. Of what people died for to be a Baptist. Not baptized babies. Not to be religious. Folks, it's more than religion. It's a relationship. We ought to serve God out of a relationship. You can serve God religiously, but you'll be miserable. And you'll probably make everybody else miserable too. Say amen. Well, I got to do this. Right? I'll run this bus route. I tell you what, I hate it, but I'll do it anyway because the preacher said there ain't nobody else to do it. No, we ought to want to serve God in any way we can. Praise God. There ought to be people going to take that CDL license test lining up right now just to serve God and bring in these little kids. Amen. They need Jesus. That little girl yesterday, can't tell you her name, can't take pictures of her at Bryce's party. She's 12 years old from Guatemala. Boy, Abigail would love that. She come in after a soccer game. Trent had her uh, by the hand and tried to introduce us all, and she watched me watch the Georgia Bulldogs on TV, and that was just too much for her. She thought we were crazy. And she sat there so happy that she was there at this birthday party. Because see, two lesbians were her foster parents, and they wanted to adopt her. And she said, no, ma'am, I'm a Christian. I went, where she got saved, how she got saved? And she says, I am not going to live in this home. Amen? So she's living with Stephanie right now. And then another family that's got two sick babies and a wife that's probably dying is going to adopt her. Amen. And she'll be a member of Vision Baptist Church. She'll probably end up being a missionary to Guatemala. You hang around that church, that's all you can be. Praise God. Amen. Everybody's a missionary over there. Amen. Wonderful. But I want to tell you something, friend. She needs Jesus. When Jesus saves you, you've got a different priority and a different perspective. And you have a different appetite. And you don't want to go into the abominations of this world. You don't want to live in those. God redeems you. And so we need to confess our sins. And folks, the world's full of sin. We're full of sin. John's baptism was a confession of their sin. I want you to look at Acts 19.4. I'm going to preach on baptism tonight. But Acts chapter 9, I'll preach on these three baptisms a little while unless I just turn it over to Lula Balo. I got the name right that time. Amen. Lula Balo. He's a great preacher. But look at this. Acts chapter 19, verse 4, please. I might just read verse 1 through 5. It says, And it came to pass, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain of the disciples, he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. Now, folks, that's a dispensational truth, Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit came for the first time upon believers. And he said unto them, 
unto what then were you baptized? And they said, we were, we were baptized unto John's baptism. So John's baptism is different than believers' baptism. Look at this. It says, and he said, and then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him that should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. I got baptized again the right way for the right purpose. I'm telling you, friend, they should believe on him that should come. And so, folks, listen. You're not saved by baptism. You're saved by the one that was going to come. And so we see the baptism of the repenter, but then we see the baptism of the redeemed, and that's us. We ought to picture to the world that we've been saved by the death, burial, and resurrection. It's a beautiful picture. It's a beautiful symbol. There's two ordinances of the local church, and that's the Lord's Supper and baptism. You ought to gladly do that. Every first Sunday night, we gladly take the Lord's Supper. But I want to say something, friend. If you're not baptized, you're out of the will of God. And you need a picture of what saves you. Man, that's the doorway to the church, but it's a doorway to have a public profession of your faith. We see later a quick exit from the baptism waters by Christ. He didn't confess one sin because he didn't have one sin. Look at this. And they went out into him all the land of Judea, and they were, Jerusalem, and all were baptized of him in the river of Jordan, confessing their sins. And John was clothed with camel's hair and with a girdle of skin about his loins, and did eat locusts and wild honey, and preached, saying, There cometh one mightier than I after me, the latches of shoes whom I'm not worthy to stoop down and unloose, and I indeed have baptized you with water. But listen to this. But ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. And folks, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 31 or 13, is that we're baptized into the body of Christ. It's a baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God brings us into, the, uh, into, into Christ. You're not baptized later. You're baptized into the body. You're filled many times, but you're baptized into the death, burial, and resurrection by the Spirit of God. So what is the preparation for baptism? Verse 1 through 4, it's repentance. Brings down the mountains of pride, fills the valleys of failures, and straightens out the crooked places of deceit. It makes a road to which the Lord can come in the wilderness, into your old dry and desert life. Folks, it's a royal road of repentance. John said the baptism is an outward sign that they repented. Now, what did Jesus preach? Well, look at verse 14 and 15. He says, Now, after that John was put to prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. If you believe, you repent. If you repent, you believe. I don't believe in easy believism. One, two, three, say a prayer. I believe in one, two, three, hear the gospel, get under Holy Ghost conviction, and then pray and ask the Lord Jesus Christ to come in your life. And folks, we shouldn't be so afraid to share the gospel because I believe when you plant the gospel, the Holy Spirit starts convicting. Amen. Repentance involves a change of mind. It's a turning around. It literally means a change of mind. In other words, you change your mind about how to get saved. You change your mind about yourself. You're not okay. I'm not okay. I'm not, I'm not religious enough to go to heaven. Folks, I realize I'm a sinner. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ means something when you repent. And you turn from your works and you turn from your self-righteousness and you get right with God by the only way you can get right with God and that's be leave in the death, burial, and resurrection. So folks... Let me just give you in closing. I got about five minutes. I put on myself. Nobody's putting anything on me. By the way, on Sunday night in, in Alaska, they, they told me something they shouldn't have told me. They said, we start at 6 o'clock and we go to 8.30. Please make it long. I said, what? He said, please take your time. Give a testimony for 20 minutes and preach an hour. Guess what I did? I did exactly what they said. <laughs> Amen. There's no hurry up there. Y'all want to hurry down here? Anyway, it's a different lifestyle, I know. But repentance involves conviction of sin. 
That's what the Holy Spirit of God does. Not only that you've done wrong, but that you are wrong. You are wrong. You are a sinner. That's what conviction does. You know, a lot of people think they repent because they get caught. There's a lot of repenting in the jail, brothers, because they got caught. But I'm going to tell you how they get saved when they realize they are a sinner. They are wrong. Not just that they've done wrong, but they are wrong. They sinned against the Holy God. That's Holy Ghost conviction. Can somebody say amen? Back me up when I preach, and I'll keep preaching. That's why some of y'all dead silent. But folks, listen. We need to realize we are a sinner and we cannot save ourselves. John came preaching repentance. Jesus came preaching repentance. Repent about the idea you're good enough. Repent about the idea you can go to a synagogue and keep some symbols that pointed to Calvary. Amen. Repent of the idea that just because you're a Jew and you're the son of Abraham that you can be saved. John the Baptist stirred it up. Just by baptizing, no, by preaching while he baptized, repent, repent. So number one, when there's repentance, there's conviction of sin. Number two, there's confession of sin. Confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead and thou shalt be saved. Why is that in there, Romans 10, 9? Because you need to confess it. You need to admit you're a sinner. Proverbs 28, 13 says you'll not prosper if you try to cover your sin. And then number three, repentance involves contrition. Not only conviction and confession, but contrition. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10 says there's a godly sorrow. You know, most people are sorry they get caught. Come on, say amen. Y'all been there. But you know when you ought to really realize something's happening? When you're sorry you sin. You know, I used to get, I was so sorry when I got caught by my mother in sin because she had beat the devil out of me in Christian love. She would spank me. Well, she, would, she didn't beat me. Came close to it. But no, she, 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 she loved me enough to take the hickory switch and spank my little bottom. And after a while, I didn't have to have many of them because I dreaded that. But I want to tell you when, when, when I started maturing, when I got saved and I realized I sin was breaking not her rules, but breaking her heart. And not just breaking her rules and her heart, I was breaking God's heart. Now, folks, that's when business picks up. When you realize sin against a holy God breaks his heart. We need some old-fashioned, fundamental, godly sorrow around here. Not just going through emotions because we got caught. When we see that we have broken God's law, we, that's one thing. But when we see that we have broken God's heart, that is godly sorrow. And that leads to what the Bible says? Repentance. Amen. It's a change of mind. You don't want to sin no more. You hate the sin in your life. And folks, it's a gift from God when you get under Holy Ghost conviction. And you will not get under Holy Ghost conviction by going to church and being entertained and living like you want to and having fun. But it sure is fun getting right with God. Say me. <laughs> woo I have more fun. I'll tell you the truth. My wife said, what are you going to do in Canada? I said, I'm going to preach three times on Sunday morning. She said, okay. And I got her teaching one time. That really was a blessing. The ladies just loved it. Filipino ladies. They loved it. And folks, we ought to love the Word of God. We ought to love serving God. But folks, I'm going to tell you something. The reason I love to preach because I got a message that will change anyone's life. I'll tell you, Billy Sunday, he was an old drunk and he, he'd slide into the pulpit and break things and throw things. I've often wanted to preach like him, but I realized that wasn't my personality. And he preached a message on repentance. He says it's going this way and it's going that way and it's going this way and it's going that way. And then finally he'd say, but I'll tell you what repentance is. And he'd run down the pulpit and do a backflip in the air. <laughs> I tried that. 
We'd have to end the service real quick, amen. Got to pull me up by a rope. But he was demonstrating that, you know, it's walking one way and it's not just being religious. It's not just, you know, uh, joining the church. It's not just getting baptized. But it's a flip-flop in your life. It's a total turn. You turn. You don't want to sin. And everybody says, well, I, if I believed you was, you was saved and saved forever, I'd just, I'd just sin all I wanted. I, don't, I believe you can lose your salvation. That's redundant. Because I'm going to tell you why I know that I'm saved. Because I don't want to. I don't want to sin. And when I sin, I'm scared to. That, I'm, uh, that God's going to whip me. Amen? Because he's my father. He loves me enough not to let me get away with sin. The greatest thing in the world, and I say this in the prisons all the time, Brother George, the greatest thing in the world is you got caught. But I want to tell you something. You need to get arrested by the Holy Ghost and realize he is the convictor of sin, righteousness, and of judgment. You'll never get saved until you get under conviction and then you'll never get saved until you have some contrition. You're broken about it. And then re repentance involves conversion. When we see that we have broken his laws, one thing, but when we see we broke his heart and we turn our heart over to God, he saves us by faith. And folks, the word faith is synonymous with repentance. Now, a lot of people don't preach that. But I don't care what a lot of people don't preach. That's what, that's what John the Baptist preached. And that's what Jesus preached. And I want to be a preacher like Jesus. We're saved. And then we're prepared to be baptized. We're ready for baptism. Repentance and faith prepares us for Jesus to come into our life and save us. And we ought to make it plain and pure in the picture of baptism. And so what's the pattern of baptism? I've got to close. It's by immersion. Mark chapter 1, verse 9 and 10, what does it say? And it came to pass those days that Jesus came from Nazareth, Galilee, and was baptized of John in Jordan. In Jordan. That's a river. Amen. And straightway coming up out of the water, he saw heaven open and the Spirit like a dove descending upon him. That little old stinking movie called Jesus on, 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 in Hollywood, they had Jesus go down into the river. And they put a shell of water and they sprinkled him in the river. Now, how redundant is that? Why do you go down to a river? Folks, the Ethiopian unit got saved at a chariot in his car. And he said, what hinders me to be baptized? And they went down into the river. The Bible says they found much water. Amen. It don't take much water to sprinkle somebody. The word baptize in the Greek, because King James was a sprinkling Anglican um, king, they didn't translate it, they transliterated it. They crammed a new word into the English vocabulary called baptizo. That's a Greek word. And the word baptizo means to immerse, put under. And folks, I want to tell you something. Nowhere in the Bible does it teach sprinkling for baptism, and nowhere in the Bible does it preach or teach sprinkling babies and christening babies so they can be saved one day or confirmed one day. No, folks. Baptism is for believers. And baptisms are for those that have repented. And it'd be all right for us to have a little confession up there for, before we had baptism. And so the proclamation of baptism is, it proclaims this. It proclaims that Jesus is the only way. Who was John the Baptist? He was the cousin of Jesus. And if anybody knew that Jesus was perfect, it had to be John the Baptist. Now, I know he had doubts when he's in jail, but praise God, friend, he wasn't baptizing him for no salvation. John said, I'm not worthy, verse 7 8, to even buckle your shoes, much less baptize you. And Jesus was baptized. Why was Jesus? baptized he was identifying with those proselytes that were coming out of the Judaism and repenting he was also identifying with sinners and isn't that what Jesus came for in the first place and folks I want to tell you something he humbled himself and he, he said I'm going to die I'm going to be buried and I'm going to rise three days later and folks I want to tell you something he was picturing what he was going to do to 
pay your sin debt. I'm glad Jesus was not being baptized into repentance. He was baptized himself to say, I am the Redeemer. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this message. Lord, help us. God, help us to repent. But Lord, as we're going to see during this wonderful study, because it's your word, not because I'm preaching it. But folks, it's indeed a privilege not just to repent, but it's a privilege to serve the living Savior. Lord, I can never repay you back for what you did in my life when I was 11 and a half year old drunk, son of a drunk with nothing to offer you, going to hell and deserving it. But Lord, I want to serve you. Lord, I, I, want to, I want to go the extra mile. I want to be available. I want to give my energy, my strength, the, brain, the little brain that I have left, my blessings, my car, my home, my family, my children. I want to give them to you as a tool for you to use because you saved me. Lord, I thank you. God, may we get a servant spirit around here. And I thank God for the servants we do have. And I pray, dear God, as we learn and as we preach, as we study the book of Mark, that it'll stir our heart, repent of any sin in our life. But, dear God, most important, that we'll take the gospel to lost hell-bound world that needs to hear the only message that you are the Savior, you are the Messiah, and you are God. That they'll believe that and be saved.